Hello, and welcome to Mina's Tirith, the podcast where we'll be exploring the Tolkien world and answering questions from you. My name is Mina. And this is Brian. In today's episode, we will discuss why Tolkien is awesome, whether you should watch the new Rings of Power show or not, and we will answer five questions from our fans. So we're here to talk about Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. There have been five episodes released so far. I am actually a huge Tolkien fan. So in prep for this Amazon series, I watched all three Lord of the Rings movies by Peter Jackson. I also watched all three Hobbit films by Peter Jackson. Then I also read J.R.R. Tolkien's book, specifically The Silmarillion, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings Appendices, and The Unfinished Tales. So we have a few friends who like the movies but aren't familiar with the Tolkien books like you are. And they've asked us some questions and we'll be talking about them here. So first off, why do you like The Lord of the Rings? Great question to start off. When I was in high school in year 2001, that's when Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring movie came out. I thought it was just amazing. But back then there wasn't Wikipedia or Amazon.com, Kindle, YouTube, Instagram. So I had to go to the community library or Barnes and Nobles to like check out and buy these books, The Lord of the Rings. And after I read these books, I realized that I really love this kind of adventure. So Tolkien just has an amazing mind for adventure and lore. And within this world that he created, there are so many characters, at least three languages, possibly more. There are extensive genealogies of men, elves, dwarves, hobbits, and there are just so many stories that are connected and interwoven into like a bigger storyline. There's three ages, each around 3,000 years long with so many characters. And in terms of the material and genre, the material is really clean. Um, and I really love that ultimately it's about how good wins over evil. And most of all, like Bilbo Baggins says, I just really enjoy a great adventure. Cool. That's interesting. So um, should I watch this show? Because I'm not really a fan. Right. So if you're a casual fan, like you've heard of Lord of the Rings, maybe you didn't hear Lord of the Rings before, you've never read any of the books, then you'll definitely enjoy this because you don't have any Tolkien like ideas in your head. So I re recommend that you watch the show. However, if you've read Tolkien before and you read it recently like I have, and you've been in the mind of Tolkien, then you won't enjoy it as much. Um, so far with five episodes, the storyline doesn't totally match up with like Tolkien. Uh oh, okay. So I haven't watched any of the episodes, um, even though you might be watching them next to me. So I guess I might like it. Um, I haven't read any of the books and I don't remember any of the movies. And I will most likely fall asleep if I start watching them. So maybe this isn't for me, but a few of the questions from our friends who are listening. Um, the first one that came in was, how come elves die in battle so easily? Can't they heal themselves? Great question. 
Elves don't age, and they don't die from old age, but they're still susceptible to battle wounds. And there's a misconception here on elves and healing, probably because we've had so many fantasy adventure films. Um, elves don't heal from wounds magically, like an adventure does, or in Star Wars. And in terms of healing in Tolkien's world, that's more like how they use herbs and the power of light to cure someone. And it's not like instant magical healing. Tolkien was against magic in the sense of like fairies and powders and potions and wands like that. For example, like Gandalf doesn't have magic. Like, like that's not who he is in Tolkien's world. So it sounds like I'd rather be Gandalf than an elf. Magic or no magic. So um, here's another related question. Why do the elves die if the trees get the plague? This is in reference to the fifth episode where Gil Gallen basically says that their people will die and diminish and their light is fading. So I'll answer this through what I've learned from, from Tolkien's books. Now the Eldar, aka the elves, when they first woke up, they were invited to live in the blessed realm called Valinor. They had the gift of immortality, which seems awesome and amazing, but it's not. See, when you live through thousands of years of war, death, sorrow, it becomes weary. The elves got tired. So they need to go to the blessed realms because that's where they can rest, thrive, and live in the blessing of immortality. That's why Tolkien calls death the gift of men. Elves are curious about it because men get to depart from the world, but elves are bound to Middle-earth. And even when elves die from battle wounds, they go to the halls of Mendes, who's a Valar, and remain there until the last battle. For men, when they die, no one knows where they go, not even the Valar. That's their gift. So the, the Blessed Realm, Valinor, is a really beautiful and good place filled with light, so why leave? Well, the elves, they're basically at the bottom, you know? The Noldor elves left the Blessed Realms to go to Middle-earth because they wanted to establish their own realms of power and glory and splendor in the likeness of Valinor. So they basically wanted to be their own bosses. But once they lived in Middle-earth, they saw death, they saw sorrow, they experienced betrayal, loss, and even though they had the light of the Eldar, that just wasn't enough because Morgoth and Sauron's power rose up. So that's why the elves created the Rings of Power to establish their new realms where the beauty, power, and glory of their people can be preserved and thrive on Middle-earth. And this is what Gil-galad is talking about that their existence is being threatened. I mean, if I'm interpreting interpreting Tolkien well enough, that's what I think. Okay, well, that was really complicated. I'm not sure I followed any of that, but uh, I hope it makes sense to some of our friends who are listening. So another question, who is the Meteor Man? This is a fun question. There's a lot of theories about this. I've read some reviews, theories. I watched some YouTube videos on people's theories. Some of it sounds crazy and just really stretched. But for me, like, let's go back to the facts. We don't know who the Meteor Man is, but I am certain that he is of a race called the Maiar. So in Valinor, in the Blessed Realm, there are 14 gods. These are the Valar. And each of the 14 gods have a specialty of work. Then there are many, many lesser gods called the Maiar. 
and each mire serves one of the 14 Valar. So when the mire come to Middle Earth, they have to take on a human form and are bounded to that form. And here are some really popular examples. Sauron, he's a Maiar, Maya. Um, his specialty is craftsmanship and the making of jewelry. He studied under the Vala Aule. Saruman, his specialty is also craftsmanship. He studied under the Vala Aule as well. Melian the Maya, she lived in the first age and is the ancestor of Arwen, Aragorn, and Elrond. She specialized in rest and in the birds and nightingales of the forest. Gandalf the Grey, the most popular Maya. His specialty is light and pity. He studied under the Vala Niena, who sang of the sorrow of the world. She cried for the world. Um, he also studied on the, under the Vala Manwe, the greatest Vala who hears all things, and Vala Varda, who created the stars. That's why the elves love Varda first, because when they woke up, they saw the stars that she made. So Gandalf's specialty is not fire like people think. He only has a connection to fire because he was given the elven ring Narya, the ring of fire. And this is a really fun fact. Tolkien specifically says that Gandalf would kindle the hope into the hearts of men and elves. And I love that little detail. It's really not about fire itself, but about the hope and encouragement that Gandalf brings to others. So I'm positive that the meteor man is a Maya definitely a Maya of fire. I personally think that he's leaning towards evil, and here are my reasons. When he's trying to tell the hobbit Nori about the constellation he's seeking in episode one or two, his stink breaks, and in that moment, Nori's dad's ankle breaks. Like, that's a bad coincidence. Um, second, he killed the fireflies. Third, he landed in a crater that looks like the eye of Sauron. Number four, he actually says that he is peril in episode five. Like, even though he eventually says, I am good, he, he sounds kind of doubtful. And the fifth reason is that the fire in the crater where he landed wasn't hot. And if you remember, Galadriel says in the first episode when they're in the Tower of the North, in that like very cold place, she says that this place is so evil that the fire gives off no heat. So I think that he's a Maya and he's sort of leaning towards evil. Now, I thought a few weeks ago that he might be a Balrog, but now I don't think so. I think that the meteor man might be connected to Mount Doom, the volcano in Mordor that still doesn't exist yet. Maybe he initiates the eruption. We'll see. But I definitely don't think he's Gandalf. This is totally 100% against how Gandalf enters Middle-earth and 100% against his whole character, but we'll see what this Amazon show does. Okay, so um, I take it, would Spock be a Maya? Or is that in a different world? That's all Star, world. Star Trek, right? So, okay. Never mind. Um, so, our next question from our listeners um, What's the big deal about Numenor? So, if you remember, Elrond is a Peridel, meaning half elf. He descended from a mix of men, elves, and one Maya, Melian. And he had a twin brother named Elros. 
Because Elrond and Elros were half-elven, the Valar gave them the choice to identify themselves either as an elf or a man. So Elrond obviously chose elf, and Elros chose man. So after the war against Morgoth, and they won, the Valar raised up the Numenor island and gave it to the race of men who aided them in that war. And Elros was their first king. Although they die, they have a really long lifespan. Like Elros lived up to 900 years old. And many, many, many generations later, Aragorn lived up to 210 years old. So Numenorians just have a rich heritage because they descended from a lot of people who were like big deals in the first age. Men, elves, Maya, their ancestors were heroes who were involved in the Great War against Morgoth because of the Three Silmarils. So the Numenorians were like super men in Tokun's world. And they seemed like great kings compared to the regular men of Middle-earth. They had superior knowledge, technology, armies, and a rich society. And they were so powerful and strong that even Sauron was afraid. So one time in the books, Gil-Galen and Elrond asked for Numenor's aid. And ships came to Middle-earth to fight against Sauron from Numenor. But because the men of Numenor were so glorious and strong and full of light, the orcs and the other evil beings just fled without even starting the battle. So Sauron couldn't take control of Middle-earth immediately. It took him a really long time. And Sauron actually hated Numenorians, and he specifically sought out to destroy them. So basically, Numenor was a strong society and superior in every way. Wow. Okay, so basically, if you're like a smart little hobbit that's migrating, you should move to Numenor Island. It sounds like a pretty cool place, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good cool. idea. Um, all right, so now I have a question of my own. Do you like this show? Okay. At first, I was really excited. I mean, I read all these books and all the, watched all the movies. But now, especially after, after episode four, I'm not as excited. And it's because I'm a Tolkien fan. I love Tolkien stories. And I understand that the Amazon show needed to take some liberties because there are gaps in Tolkien's work. He didn't write um, the Silmarillion like he did the Lord of the Rings. They're just completely different styles. Um, but I just think that the liberties that the Amazon show takes go a little too far. Like, for example, they made up the story of how Mithril was made. In the show, Elrond shares a story about an elf and a Balrog fighting over a tree, then lightning struck it, and that's how Mithril was made in the mountain and was bright as light as the Eldar and strong and unyielding as evil. And like, great story, but like, that's not from Tolkien. There, it's nowhere in there. Here's another example. Galadriel is bent on finding Sauron, but in the books, Galadriel is not obsessed with Sauron at all. She's more obsessed about becoming a high lady of her own realm. She wants to be like top boss. And so it just doesn't match well. Um, third thing that is that Elrond wasn't the one with the deep friendship with the dwarves. It was Celebrimber. So even though there are gaps, I just think that Tolkien provided so much more content and more interesting things. For example, Tolkien wrote about Celebrimborn creating the rings of power. Tolkien wrote about the drama 
of Celebrimor being taught by Anatar on how to make the jewels, then being deceived by Anatar, who turns out to be Sauron, how the rings were distributed and hidden, and the show doesn't explore any of that, which makes, which I think makes the show less exciting for me. I mean, it is called Rings of Power, right? Yeah, I guess so. So, like, where are the rings that are in the title? So I probably forgot to mention to all of our uh, listeners that uh, there are major spoiler alerts in this entire podcast. So uh, if you haven't watched it yet, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Anyway, so the last question, uh, what is a Balrog? Great question. A Balrog is also a Maya, a Maya of fire, but turned to evil through Morgoth. They are evil servants of fire. So I thought the Meteor Man would turn into a Balrog because there's a Balrog in the trailer. And I thought that he is specifically the one that comes out of the depths of the Misty Mountains where the, when the door is mined for Mithril and the one that battles Gandalf in, you know, the Fellowship of the Ring. But because of episode four, I realized that the show has shifted the timeline up. The dwarves are already mining for Mithril which means that they are close to waking up the Balrog that is sleeping deep inside the Missy Mountains. And also, I thought I heard a roar in the mountains in episode four. Wow. Those are some fascinating answers. You know a lot about Lord of the Rings and Rings of Power, much more than I ever thought. Well, I've learned a lot, and I hope our listeners have too. I haven't watched the show yet. You've spoiled or you've revealed a lot of spoilers for me, so... I might actually understand a little bit. So, um, but thank you so much. You're welcome. This is great stuff. And I'm so excited. I finally got to talk about this stuff. Well, that's all that we have for today's podcast. Stay tuned for the next one. For our listeners, submit your questions to us and we'll, we'll try to answer them in the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. From... Hello. 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 Hello.